0: What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals podcast. Today our guest is Stuart Grazier from Storehouse 310 Turnkey Properties. Today we're talking about turnkey property investing. Turnkeys are a a great opportunity for busy professionals to get into cash flowing real estate, and Stuart has a lot of experience as a turnkey provider providing Turnkey properties to his friends, his investors, and really helping them get into cash flow and build their cash flow. We get into some of the experience that his business partner had with bad, a bad turnkey property experience, which is extremely informative uh, for somebody who is getting in. It's something to watch out for. And you'll learn about that today. You're gonna learn about what you can expect from a turnkey provider once you're a bit deeper into the process and what it really takes to get into a turnkey investment. It's not quite as straightforward as, hey, go online, find a property, buy it, get the financing in place, you know, and then close on it and move forward. It really, you shouldn't do it that way. We're gonna talk today about the, a, a better process to use for getting into turnkey real estate investing. Stuart also has an event coming up here at the end of May that you should definitely check out. It's for anybody out there, but it's really targeted at veterans who want to invest in real estate. Veterans, R-E live at veteranslive.com. Great URL, I'm, I'm amazed that he was able to, to get that. But uh, we talk about a little bit more about that at the end of the episode. So once again, our guest is Stuart Grazier from Storehouse 310 Ventures. I'm your host, Taylor Lode. For those out there who don't know, I'm a real estate investor, real estate syndicator. I love talking about real estate investing and helping others grow their wealth by investing in multifamily real estate. Thank you for tuning into the show today. Here we go with Stuart Grazier. Stuart, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate you having me. This is a great opportunity. Happy to talk with you. When we're talking, at 7 a.m. my time, but you're in Colorado. You've been up for a couple hours already, which is, uh, which is impressive for the folks out there who don't know about you. Can you tell us about your story real quick? Yeah, I appreciate it. Um,
1: yep. It's, it's 5am my time. Um, I I typically get up at about 4am every day. Um, and, uh, so I'm an active duty, uh, Navy pilot, um, by trade. I've been in 18 years in the Navy. That's kind of my full-time gig, my W2 job. Um, and, uh, and then I've been real estate, uh, a real estate investor for about 12, uh, now, you know, kind of 12 seriously. I, my first investment was, was actually just a, a raw piece of land. Um, when I was in flight school right after college, um, I really didn't know what I was doing and, uh, it, uh, it was just kind of a good idea, uh, from a friend of mine and, and I jumped in, you know, both feet and, uh, it worked out for me and, uh, and that was kind of the the aha moment that that this could be, a, you know, a pretty good thing. And, um, you know, the, the Navy and flight school and going on deployments and stuff like that kind of, um, slowed me down a little bit, but, but then, uh, I really got serious about it. and, um, and been kind of going ever since, um, you know, the goal for me as an active duty guy was, has always been to try to find, um, you know, the passive type investing, um, that I can, you know, take, take my money. You know, I tried, I've tried to live below my means for a long time and, um, you know, take any money I get from deployments and, and stuff like that and then invest that and try to find passive streams of income to, to create, you know, those other, other, um, income streams for, um, you know, uh, having that income for uh, on the side. So, um, you know, I've tried, uh, you know, private lending, mortgage note, investing, turnkey, you know, buying turnkey from turnkey providers. I invested in, um, syndications as a, as a LP investor. Um, and, uh, so, you know, I've kind of dipped my toe into a lot of different niches within real estate and I've just learned tremendously along the way. So it's been a lot of fun.
0: Nice. You've done a lot of them passively. And from what I understand you're doing uh, some of these actively as well. And, you know, I think one of the important things is, you know, a lot of high income professionals out there who are not, you know, on the, on kind of the, the tail end of their career. Like you're looking, you're, you're planning, my understanding is to, to be out of the military or, or out of active duty soon. So you're looking to create that and uh, say that high income folks out there, lawyers, doctors, and and mm-hmm. other folks are not really able probably to create that system where they can get up at 4 a.m., and build another business on the side so that you you can have that income coming in afterwards. So what's your, your active income focus? What are you doing in real estate right now to build that income so that once you're, you're no longer active duty, you know, you're going to have something to do and and create prosperity for yourself.
1: Yeah. Um, So recently uh, my, my college roommate and I um, got together and kind of started Comparing notes and thinking about you know what we wanted to do after we transition out out of the military, um, we're both at 18 years in. Um, he had been investing in real estate for a while. I had invested in real estate for a while, and um, we had both kind of tested the waters in quite a different uh, you know like the different niches that I was talking about. Um, and one of the things that uh, we kind of thought about um, was was this this turnkey real estate model. And we thought it was a really good model as um, for our network uh, of investors who are, you know, both mostly active duty military people, um, you know, guys and gals or, or uh, you know, veterans that have just gotten out. Um, you know, the single family home rental property is kind of the, we think is kind of the first step into um, testing the waters with, with investing in real estate. You know, it's not a huge chunk of money for the most part that you're investing uh, you kind of start to learn um, you know the process of buying real estate, and um, for the most part you know it's it 's cash flowing from day one and so it's it 's um, on on the risk level and also the level of passivity it's it's it 's pretty good for active duty military so we had we had both bought turnkey products from different turnkey providers um, throughout our investing career um, and you know both of us had just so so um, you know, experiences. David, my business partner, had a really, really bad experience. Actually, the company okay. that he used was, um, you know, just they lied about a lot of stuff oh, and man. their their model was just really bad. You know, he basically bought the house pre-rehab and paid for the rehab up front. And then they lied about a lot of the stuff that, you know, they said that they were going to do on the rehab, but they never did. Wow. And uh, so through that experience, you know, he, he basically had to, you know, fire everybody, find a new property management company, find new contractors. Um, And, and so he kind of had already built out a team just out of due necessity. Um, And so we kind of took that and run with it, ran with it. You know, we, we uh, decided, Hey, you know, this is a good model if it's done well, and if it's done with honesty and integrity. And um, so, you know, we started putting that into place and said, you know, this looks like a pretty good transition plan for us. Um, and it's also an opportunity to really provide a good product to our network and, and they can have a good experience with turnkey investing uh, instead of, you know, some of the stuff that, that we saw. So, you know, we took all the lessons learned from what that we had had and tried to make a, a business plan uh, and a model that that really worked for, you know, other investors.
0: That's awesome. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry to hear about your, not, that, not your business partner's experience, but in a way you're you're making up for it on the back end so you he learned a tough experience and you can make a difference for your investors uh, in that regard and you know something that i'm i'm hearing here as we talk is th- there's a lot of counterparty risk in all basically all real estate i mean and we can do certain things to mitigate that um, as syndication investors obviously we have counterparty risk with the the general partner maybe doing something untoward which is why I think building a relationship and getting to know them over time is critical before you make an investment. You can make a decision, all that. Uh, But in the turnkey space, there's, you know, obvious counterparty risk like your business partner went through. Now, uh, what can turnkey investors do to mitigate some of that, Uh, you know, doing due diligence on their, their turnkey operator? What can they, uh, to a turnkey provider, what can they expect from a turnkey provider? Uh, you know, after they close a the deal, I think there's there's a lot of gray area uh, in in terms of what investors can can expect and and what happens after the deal is closed. Uh, and there's probably a lot of vari- variability too, depending on which provider you go with. So. You know, let's, let's talk about some of that that counterparty risk and and what you and your company have done to uh, mitigate some of that and and help your investors, you know, feel more comfortable.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I would say it, it's you know. So I've been a, a an investor on syndications as well, and you know, I've I've been a part of some that have gone really well, and um, some that have just gone okay. Um, and it's very similar to being an LP investor on a syndication and and know uh, putting that trust and faith um, in the GP uh, you know very similar as, as far as um, you know a lot of a lot of times you're you're investing in the people right I mean you know the deal itself it, it's got to work and the numbers got to make sense but you're investing in the people you're investing and in putting your trust in in the general partner same with the turnkey model I mean you are investing in the system, in the process, in, in the uh, the operators, the people themselves that are are running the business. And, you know, for us, that was like, you know, kind of a wake up moment. You know, we invested in companies that we didn't even know the people that ran those businesses and it kind of bit us in the end. So, you know, first, you know, the the investors really have to know and trust and get to know us as people, as as you know, military officers um, that have uh, the core values um, behind our business, and so you know we talk about that a lot when we have our conversations with with our investors, and you know the you know core values for us are you know honesty and integrity, um, and that's you know kind of uh, it's a it's a catch-all phrase, and but we and we dig into that you know quite a bit more. Um, and, uh, you know, for us, like we, we do things in our business that kind of show us, show investors that we have that, you know, we, we send them um, as they're getting ready to buy this deal, we send them the full scope of work um, so they know exactly what we did on our rehab. I don't know of a ton of other turnkey providers that do that. Um, so they basically have a full list of every single, you know, thing that they did on, on our rehabs. Um, and then we provide, you know, you know, guarantees is not the best word, but um, because they have that scope of work and and they know that what we did, if something breaks, you know, after they buy it, they're gonna come back and be like, hey, um, this wasn't on the scope of work and probably should have been, and you know, and we're like, yep, absolutely, you know, we'll we'll pay for that, we'll get it fixed, and we kind of put a, a guarantee in place where if there was something that we should have fixed. Um, we will. And if there's something that was fixed and it broke, w- we'll repair that too. And, you know, it's, it's kind of gray, right? And, but uh, we, we stick towards making decisions as best for the investor and in their bottom line versus our bottom line. It's, we're always going to make that decision. And, you know, you can ask any of our, our clients and investors and they're going to say, yep, the storehouse always comes through and, and pays for that. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that relationship, that experience, that is way more important to us than um, you know a thousand dollars on our bottom line or you know whatever that cost is. Uh, because what it ends up doing is then they tell other people about us and they like, hey, these guys, they have honesty, integrity. You know, they give. You know, another part of our business model is that um, we give the first ten percent of our profits away to, to charity organizations. Um, Wow. And that's, you know, that's super important to us. Um, you know, our, our name of our business is, is, um, from that. Um, you know, I don't know if your listeners are, you know, we're we're Christian, Christian faith-based organization. And, um, you know, we came, our name came from Malachi 310 in the Bible, which is, it says, you know, give a tithe tithe to the storehouse. And so we, we decided to take the first 10% of our profits and give it away to charity. So, now, not a lot of other companies are doing that, and that just shows, um, you know, kind of where our our focus is. Um, so, you know, long answer to your question, but really, it's it's the people that run the business is the most important part of it. Um, now, with a turnkey provider and really any real estate business in general, the the property management is super important because all these, you know, most of the investors are are out of state investors. They're going to rely heavily on uh, the property management aspect of it. Uh, we don't manage the properties ourselves; we turn it over to a third party, pro- third party property management company. But we're still very heavily involved, when we're talking to them on a daily basis. and, and we we know when maintenance calls come in. We know um, what those uh, you know issues coming up are because we're talking to them on a regular basis. and And we have our own contracting crews and our own handyman. And we can kind of go in and check on things and fix things um, alongside of the property management company, which we feel is, is pretty important as well.
0: Okay, so it a great answer. I mean, we're here for the long answer, right? Because that hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll get to the fullness of the answer with the full yeah. explanation. So nothing wrong with that, I appreciate that. And I think you brought up a great point is the the property management, after the deal is closed, what can investors expect from the turnkey provider uh, to support them? What can they expect from a, a property management company, particularly, you know, maybe they'll, if, if they're buying the property from a distance, you know, maybe they'll never see it before they buy it. I mean, what's your opinion about that? You know, before you buy it, should you, should an investor go check out the property? And then how often should they, you know, check up on the property manager and and that process of managing it after they buy it. I mean, there's so many questions about actually running the property and, you know, you're getting, you're buying a business, right? When you're buying a turnkey property, you're buying yourself into managing a business. So there's a lot of question marks here.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean,
0: you definitely, you know,
1: you definitely can't just like buy it and then just like never, you know, never think about it and just (laughs) expect for, you know, the money to come in and and no issues to arise ever. I mean, you definitely continue to have to manage the manager if you will um and uh, you know so that like the communication piece to that is, is paramount and um and we've we've had some kind of some uh, trials and tribulations with different managers and how good they are or uh not so good at the communication piece um but that's i mean that's the most important piece of it i think is just just communicating in general you know when when owners do have a question um, they respond fairly quickly. You know, they, you know, they have a rule of oh, we're going to respond with you with to you within you know 48 hours or 72 hours or whatever that is, and and then they stick to it and they actually do it and um, you know or they have a system where all right you know first form of communication is through our portal, next is through email, then follow up text. You know, so the communication kind of tree, if you will, is is really good. I think as well. Um, you know, and then, uh, you know, we try to send emails out to our investors to kind of keep them apprised of what's going on in the market and with our company, um, which I think is great. You know, a lot of GP investors do that too. I think that's super important. Um, and then, um, you know, just being there to, to answer, like most of our investors have like our personal cell phones, you know, and, and our personal emails and, you know, they can, call us Texas us when they're having issues, when they're having problems. Um, so you know, that adds a little bit more work on our plate. Um, but at the same time I think it's super important to have that and, and to be a good communicator uh, to your investor. So, I mean, communication is huge. That, that's the biggest thing for sure.
0: Okay. So what I'm getting here, what I'm getting out of this is like you said, communication is very important, but you know, I think it, um, from reading between the lines a little bit, it it sounds like, or or maybe not even reading between the lines, you're really, you're, you're taking this as a long-term type of relationship with your, your clients. And you said that pretty blatantly earlier, but I I think uh, it seems to me from the outside, I've never done a, a turnkey investment, but some turnkey operators, and don't ask me who, I don't know who people usually don't put them on blast whenever they have a bad experience. Yeah. Uh, but some turnkey providers look at it as a very transactional type of thing and once you buy it, you know, hey, our hands are off, we're, you know, we're not involved anymore. It's your job to manage it. And technically that is the case with all turnkey properties really. But it sounds like you're still being a resource for uh, your investors, your your turnkey Buyers, because you look at it as a, a long term type of thing, and um, it's, it's just hard from the outside to tell which turnkey providers have that mentality and that, that process in their business, and which don't, and are going to leave you high and dry,
1: yeah, absolutely, man. And, and you know, this, I, I would say, real estate in general is is a relationship business, um, you know, 100%. And there are companies out there that that look at it as a transactional business. And, and unfortunately for myself and David, our business partner, we initially had purchased real estate from turnkey providers that looked at it as a transactional business and not a relationship business. I have never spoken to the CEO of the turnkey company that I bought from. Wow. Um, I rarely speak to like, you know, they're kind of, you know, second in charge or third in charge or, or whatever that is like, you know, um, and You know, same, I think David did talk to the CEO, but but because it went so wrong and they were talking about like, you know, lawsuits and stuff like that. But uh, either way, um, that is is incredibly important. And, you know, we we do very little um, outside marketing for our business because honestly we don't have to because it's all, um, you know, just referral based, you know, the people that are buying from us are telling their friends they're telling um you know family members um and you know we have buyers that have bought multiple properties from us and, and they keep on coming back and they keep on telling their friends and um that's that's what we love to see you know that the relationship long-term strategy is way more important than you know making money on one transaction and never talking to them again it's just it's just not a good way to do business.
0: No. Yeah, absolutely. It's not. And, an, you know, from a, a number standpoint, you know, maintaining or retaining a customer is a lot cheaper than going and finding a new one. So, you know, you can look at it from a, you just an ethical standpoint that, Hey, we don't want to screw people we're doing business with and the number standpoint that, all right, we've already got this person in the door. We should keep them happy. So, you know, it's better for our business. So there's a lot of reasons right why we want to hang on to our current customers right we want to keep them happy and and keep them around because it's better for our business it's better for them and and all that great stuff and you mentioned um, kind of when we started talking about uh the uh, that a turnkey investment is and i'm gonna i'm paraphrasing here but a turnkey property is a lower level of investment than other types of properties Uh, i'm not sure precisely which properties you're talking about but what are we talking about in terms of dollars? If somebody wants to get invested in a real estate or a, a turnkey property, a turnkey single family, how much money do they need to have in the bank? What you know, what should they look out for when they're first getting started? Yeah. Much, you know, most, most,
1: so we're, we're buying our, our properties are in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So kind of a Midwest market, um, you know, fairly inexpensive in comparison to, you know, the United States and, you know, in general, uh, typically the sale of our property is around $100,000. And so, you know, we recommend that that uh, individuals go get, you know, 30 year fixed rate um, financing. Um, most lenders will require 20% down payment on on the, an investment property. And so, you know, you're you're looking at a pocket for a down payment of, you know, $20,000, plus, you know, some closing costs. So we typically say you need to have 20 to $25,000 we also say, you know, if you should probably have some reserves. Um, we like to tell them to be conservative, have about $5,000 in reserves of just having it in case stuff comes up and, and stuff breaks because um, stuff does break when you own real estate. <laughs> um, it's a crazy thought, but uh, um, you know, um, so yeah, so anywhere from 20 to $30,000 is what we kind of typically say that they need to have ready to go, ready to uh, deploy if, if they need to. Um yeah. So, you know, I think, uh, from, from a, a large perspective, you know, when you're looking at real estate, if, if you're going to go buy a multifamily deal or, um, you know, invest into a syndication, uh, you know, typically what I've seen is you, you would need more than that, um, to go, to go do a bigger deal. So um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a good, like kind of stepping, stepping stone to kind of start and test the waters with, with buying, um, a single-family home, hundred thousand dollars. It's not going to, for most of our investors, it's not going to break the bank if you know if they do one one deal. And and we have, like I said, we have multiple deal, multiple investors that have bought multiple deals. You know, we have one guy who's just, hey, I love turnkey. I love the idea of it. I've bought ten. I plan on just holding them for long term. Let you know, let the tenants pay down the mortgage and use the cash flow, and then um, he's going to retire from the navy soon, and he's just going to. Pay off his mortgages and live off the cash flow from ten houses. I mean, it's not a bad strategy.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, we're we're talking here in early April, 2020, and this is going to go live in uh, in late May. And the stock market, you know, comparing the stock market to where you know a a reasonably acquired single family with a tenant in it right now, I'd I'd much rather have the the single family than you know the S and P 500 or anything like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean,
1: yeah, and and as you know, and most of your listeners probably know, there's so many more advantages uh, to owning real estate um, besides just the cash flow uh, that you're not going to get in some of those other assets, you know, within the stock market.
0: Absolutely. And you mentioned a little bit, you know, earlier after I asked about how much capital you need to have, most your most of your investors are going to get twenty percent down thirty year amortization type loans as far as qualifying for those you were you're not a lender, so may you probably don't know the this we're not going to get into the specifics right but yeah what do most people you know what do you need to have what's a, a good credit score do you need to have more capital in the bank from the lender's perspective you know what does that all typically look like
1: yeah so I- I'm, I'm not a lender. We, you know, we typically farm, we have a few lenders that we recommend, but you know, honestly, they can go and and, and use whatever lender they want to Um, just from experience from my own, from buying, buying property. I mean, you do need to have a little bit of extra capital in the bank, you know, showing that you have reserves, you know, your debt to income ratio needs to be at a certain percentage. Um, You know, you do have to have a decent credit score to, to go, um, you know, buy and use, you know, conventional financing, um, I'm not sure exactly what that number is, but I would guess, you know, you need to have 650, 700 credit score probably to, to go, you know, get a decent, decent loan. Um, you know, that those are kind of the big, the big points, you know, the debt to income ratio, you can't have more than 10, um, you know, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, conventional loans on, on property. You know, I know, I know for a fact, from my personal experience, the higher you get closer to that number, the harder it is to get another <laughs> loan. Um, they say 10, but really, you know, six, seven, eight are pretty difficult. Um, wow. so, you know, yeah. So, and, and that just comes down to like, you know, your debt to income ratio and, and, um, you know, having those, those reserves to show that you can, um, you know, pay for stuff if it, if you know, worst case scenario hits like coronavirus or something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're right now, as we talk, we are in at least right now we are in a worst case scenario. So yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's, uh, it's good to
1: have some cash reserves uh, right now,
0: a hundred percent. Yeah. To, now is the time when, you know, you, you, you should have had them built up in the first place, you know, and now it's kind of too late to build them up, but if not, <laughs> you yeah. need to get started. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, you know, your answer to that question is great. And it goes back to what you said earlier about real estate's all about your network. So like you said, you're not a lender. You have lenders that you can point people to. They're not obligated, but it's just a, hey, this, you know, these couple people can help you out. But that's exactly the point is you get to, you you talk to Stuart and, and Stuart's company and he says, you say, I don't know what I'm going to do about a loan. And Stewart says, well, here's some people you should go talk to about that. And that's real estate in general is who, Hey, who should I talk to about this? All right, here's a couple names.
1: And, yeah. yes, you know, it's, it's, it's really having, having that team, you know, having that it's, it's a team mentality for sure. You, know, you you cannot, and I've tried it, trust me, you can't go and do real estate all on your own. Like you have to have, <laughs> you have to have the professionals that, um, our subject matter experts in their field on your team, on your side. And, um, you know, that's so important. You know, you, you can either go and build out your team yourself, which is difficult and it takes a lot of time, or you can kind of buy into a team that's already existing and, uh, you know, uh, not as difficult. And if you get the right team, you you know, it's it's
0: incredibly, uh, profitable for you. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I have, Plenty of friends who are turnkey investors and I know many of them and they're, you know, except for the occasions where they've had a bad experience like your business partner, they're pretty much pleased with how it's gone and and that's great. So, you know, thanks for sharing. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than, in your education? Um, so the, the best investment I have ever made uh,
1: was, I would say investing um, into a, a syndication as a limited partner. Um, and I would say that from a return standpoint, it wasn't the best investment, um, but kind of it, it allowed me to really learn the inside of the entire business model. Um, you know, I would I would say, if you want to go down the road of being a GP on a deal, you, you absolutely must be an LP on a deal first. That's my personal thought process. Uh, because, you know, I saw from start to finish, from the paperwork involved, to the communication involved, uh, to the deal structure, uh, to all that. And it's, it's kind of a, a cheat way into... The, saying you can't talk about um education but uh just being a part of that and being um having having you know kind of the inside baseball if you will uh was super important so i mean it did it didn't offer a great return um not the best return i've ever gotten but uh for sure it was it was a really good experience for me
0: nice and yeah i've kind of after being in the syndication world for a few years now, something I've noticed is that even a lot of the big active syndicators still passively invest in deals with others who they know, get to know, get to know like, and trust, maybe offer a different asset class, exposure to a different asset class than they actively syndicate. So yeah, I, I totally believe in, in passive syndication investing. It's, that's what I do. So fantastic. Yeah. On the other side of that coin, what is the worst investment you ever made? Worst investment I
1: ever made was, um, I early on in my investing career, I, um, I jumped in uh, to do private lending, um, with an investor that I didn't know very well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, I was kind of young and dumb and just ready to like get after it and jumped in, which I typically do a lot. Um, just kind of jumping without all the education there and, and the knowledge beforehand, Um, and I was, um, lending money to an investor who was flipping houses and, uh, he was offering fantastic returns, like way more than, uh, what normal, you know, investors offer, which kind of should have been a, uh, you know, a, a, big red light. Uh, but, uh. Ended up, kind of a long story is, uh, he was kind of offering fake promissory notes on, on properties and uh, he ended up going to jail for uh, a Ponzi scheme and uh, I had a lot of money tied up with him and basically <clears throat> lost it all. Like, I think it was $160,000 wow. uh, invested with him on on you know some flips and doing private lending. And it was one of those things where like, you know, you invested, and then he's like, All right, it's, uh, you know, this one's sold. You want to do another one? And he would just like roll it over, and I would never get my cash back. And he'd roll it over again and roll it over again. And he was just basically creating this big kind of Ponzi scheme. And, and I was kind of a small fish um, in comparison to some of his other wrestlers. Like, there were guys that were losing hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, um, you know, I think overall he had. He had owed millions of dollars to different investors uh, pulled together. So, wow. um, pretty tough experience there, kind of early on, and it uh, definitely made me learn better the process, what paperwork is truly uh, required, and what's what's good paperwork, what's bad paperwork, and kind of that whole process of being a private lender and really doing a lot of due diligence uh, on the operator beforehand uh, taught me a really good lesson.
0: Wow, that is that is a tough lesson. That's a lot of money to lose. Uh, There's a uh, guy who's in court right now in my city for something uh, alleged to have done something very similar with similarly, you know, enormous numbers of dollars lost by investors. And it's, uh, it's out there, you know, people really need to watch out and, and do that due diligence and don't think that, hey, it can't happen to me. You need to check into these things and uh, learn the lesson from others, others' experience. My favorite question at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson that you've learned in business and investing? Um, I think the
1: most important uh, lesson is um, having the right team and surrounding yourself around people that uh, push you and help you, know, help you grow. Um, like I said a little bit earlier, the kind of the early stages of my investing career, I I tried to do most of it myself. Um, You know, I was just doing private lending by myself. Um, I bought turnkeys by myself without a whole lot of due diligence. Um, And, you know, recently I kind of learned the power of a team and, you know, brought on a business partner. We've kind of built out a really great team. So having that, having that like group mentality and, and then also being a part of another group that you know forces you to grow and have accountability to each other is super important. I joined a mastermind group, started a mastermind group um, about a year ago that has been really powerful for me. Um, and, you know, we have, you know, five, six guys that meet on a, on a um, bi-monthly basis that kind of go through our, our issues and concerns. And, you know, we hold each other accountable to, to the stuff that we were said we were going to do. And man, that, that has grown me so much. Um, So being a part of a team and surrounding yourself around people that are going to push you and grow you, I think is the most important thing.
0: Awesome. I love that. Well, Stuart, thank you for everything today. Um, I know you've got an event coming up and if folks want to get in touch with you, you know, and and learn more about your turnkey company, where can they do that? Lay it all on us.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, our company is called Storehouse 310 Ventures. Um, we, um, have a website, it's called, it's storehouse310turnkey.com, storehouse310turnkey.com. And, uh, you know, we have a Facebook page and Instagram page, um, and, uh, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So you could find me on LinkedIn. If you want to do that and connect, I'd love to connect with you and help in any way we can. And as you mentioned, um, I'm helping, uh, put a, a real estate event together, Um, It was going to be a live event at the end of May, 29 and 30 May in St. Louis, Missouri. um, And we had it all set up for that. It's called veterans R E I live. And the focus is, um, you know, first ever real estate conference for uh, military and veterans. Um, You know, it's, it's not solely for military veterans. Anyone can come to it. um, But all the speakers at the, at the uh, conference are military or veterans. And it's really just, Um, hitting on all the different topics and niches of real estate to show, um, you know, these people that are the speakers on stage, one of them, you know, uh, Scott Lewis from Spartan Investment, he's going to be talking about, um, you know, syndicating and and being a GP and and finding the right GP. And um, so, you know, it's diving into the different niches of real estate, um, you know, from a veteran and military perspective. Um, we have decided to make it virtual instead it's gonna be the same dates 29 and 30 May and uh, you can go to veteranslive.com if if you're interested
0: in in checking it out veteranslive.com so that's great that's a great URL too I'm surprised that that was yeah I know yeah I know good stuff well Stuart thank you for joining us today once again I think turnkey investments are a fantastic opportunity for busy professionals all throughout the the income spectrum. Really, it gives you a great opportunity to buy cash flowing real estate with uh, an experienced experienced operator and experienced turnkey uh, property management company. Uh, But like we discussed kind of earlier in the episode, you need to make sure you're buying with the right turnkey provider. That's not just gonna leave you high and dry or set you up with a property that is destined to fail. So thanks for bringing those lessons today and I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks Taylor, it was a lot of fun. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's very much appreciated. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the fold. Thank you for tuning in once again. I'm your host, Taylor Lote, signing off.